mom and dad tricked Liza when she was twelve. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they left. They left Cedar City. They were in Cedar City, and they're like, "All right, time to head home." Seven hours later, <laughs> they were <laughs> at a rest stop on the on the Nevada California border. Liza, how long is it going to take us to get home? She's like. I don't know. It was a really long ride. <laughs> like, did, did you not Probably. notice that we drove through Las Vegas, Nevada? <laughs> and she was like, <laughs> she's like, where are we? And they said, well, we're on the border between Nevada and California. And she's like, what? Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I said, well, we're going to Disneyland. Welcome to the Cold Bow Podcast. This is Jake. <laughs> this is unacceptable. I'm here with my cold bros. What's up, guys? We may have to censor out because I think I was cussing. Were <laughs> you? I think so. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Damn it, I, uh, Rick. That, I, I enjoyed that heavily. That was a that was a Jake having a Reese moment there, where I enjoyed something that literally no one else did. You mean every episode? <laughs> <laughs> Is that just me me having a Jake moment? Then is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> I think you. I think that's what we're saying. Exclusive have Jake moments. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> At least go to the bathroom. Um. Yeah. Anyway, what's up, guys? How are we doing? Good, man. How are you? We we got Good. a full house here today. Everyone's here. First time in a while. Woo, 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 woo. All four of us. I'm excited. Uh, I it's been uh, I I say it's been too long since we got together, uh, but it's been too long since we got together. Mm-hmm. It, it really does feel like what like has it been more than time? I think no. Well, you really? guys you no. guys recorded two episodes without me, and then we Did recorded we, we recorded. Um, one episode that's unusable because I'm an idiot. Um, but that was before that, but that was before those two, but that was without Scott. Yeah. So it has been a while since we've recorded all, uh, all four of us together. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels feeling. like home with all of us. It does together. feel like home in this mm, room right now. Indeed. Mm. I knew, I knew you're going there indeed. in your basement. You're so mm. predictable. Oh, okay. In our so studio. <laughs> Such a dad. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll start with what we've been doing. Um, <laughs> That's a surprise. <laughs> hey, Chris, what have you been up to? Dude, Swallow the water in so your mouth much. first. <laughs> so much. Yeah. Um, I actually, I brought this up. Um, I brought it up on, on the episode that is unusable. The one that Troy screwed up on because he's a jerk. Yeah, I am a jerk. <laughs> Let's turn your um, mic down. <laughs> no, don't. Don't. You have too much power. <laughs> Listen to me. You guys need to treat me better, damn it. <laughs> oh, Chris, your audio, dude. Something wrong with it. I just have to cut everything you say out. Uh, anyway, um, I, I think I, I don't remember exactly how I worded this. It's been so long, but I I haven't touched like a video game console in a few months. I just had too much going on. And one day I got super stressed and I was like, you know, I think I'm going to sit down and play a video game. And it was like meeting an old friend again. I was like, oh, I've missed you. We embraced. We kissed. Like you do with when you meet old friends, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I started, pl- I, I had an itch to play a game that was like Dungeons and Dragons because we just can't get ever get together to play anymore. 
Um, so I wanted like an isometric top-down view with like the characters on a map that I can control. And I went to my PlayStation Plus because I, I have like 300 games I don't even play just because they, they mm-hmm. just give me two games a month for free. Mm-hmm. So I downloaded a game called XCOM, XCOM 2. Oh, I, I have that game. And I downloaded... Uh, Dude. Darkest did you get dungeon. on XCOM 2 and clap them alien cheeks? I did. <laughs> I clapped. And it was area, I, I played at uh, Area 51 day. <laughs> uh, but that game's amazing. Uh, there's there's something about, like, like it, it's it's not exactly D&D. It's sci-fi. You have guns. But, like, your, your characters have classes. There's, like, a sniper. There's a ranger. Uh, your ranger is more like an assassin. He what has, kind like, of gameplay is it? Um, so it's like a top-down map, and you it's it's strategy, so you, it's turn-based, but you put your characters across the map, and you slowly level them up, and if they die, they're, they're dead for good. So like permadeath, but it, it sucks too, because like n- none of the characters really have a story, but when you make that character, like the blank slate, and you're like, okay, hey, I'm making this guy this, and you raise them up through the ranks, and there's like, it, that character dies, and you're like, there's no way I can beat this mission without this person dying because you can like go back and reload your save and do the whole thing over again but like it, oh i don't know i don't know it's like i don't know if i want to try right. to do that again it's really hard <clears throat> not fun so like you, i put my sniper up here in a nest and just uh on his turn you put him into overwatch and you can shoot somebody that moves and you level him up and he can shoot three people <laughs> uh some stuff like that um it's, it's a it's a really good game I, uh, there's, there's something addicting about, <coughs> excuse me, about each time, each battle that I play through it. So if, if you're looking for something that I was a couple of weeks ago, um, I just had an itch for a game like that. So if you're, you probably have it for free. If you have PlayStation plus, it's just sitting there. So you should give it a try. That's what I've been up to. Sounds like fun, man. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of D and D and stuff like that, um, we've actually Scotty and dad and i and our family we basically have created this uh this um (coughs) company yeah we created a company that we do we make and sell um leather like handmade leather dungeon dragons accessories and and it's not necessarily Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, it's 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 dice pouches, but you can use them for really anything, right? They're Yahtzee. great for holding things. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's things like notepads and the leather-bound notepads, and there's all these different um, uh, different trays that you can you can roll your dice into. There's a real the one thing that we're super proud of is there's a there's this we call it a scroll. Uh, it's, uh, it, it gives you a way to carry your, uh, your dice, your pens, your papers, your note taking stuff and everything in this scroll that you roll up. And then when you, when you get it, when you get to where you're going, you empty all that stuff out. You can, uh, use the, the buttons on there, snap it all together, turn it into a dice tray. Um, that's cool. It's a, it's a super, it, I don't know. It's this thing that that we've really put a lot of work into, and Dad has been slaving away at this leather work stuff and trying to get this stuff built, and he's been doing a lot of cool stuff with it. Anyway, we finally got our website up and running. We've got um, uh, all these different things. It's called GiffordGaming.com. It's our way of, uh, of being able to uh, create 
these these things. Dad's always been into this leather work stuff. He's been into it for the past couple of years. And so it's his way of being able to do that while also making this stuff that once Scotty and I started playing these uh, these tabletop games, he was like, oh, well, I can make this stuff for you. And then he started making it. And then we realized, you know, I think other people would like this stuff too. So yep. anyway, nice. we've been uh, we've been working on that stuff really hard and it's, it's up and running now. We've got prices up there and everything. So if anybody uh, that's listening has any interest at all in uh, leather bound uh, leather, homemade, handmade leather, uh, accessories to things like tabletop stuff, or even if it's just like you want to, you, you, you like to draw and you want a leather bound, uh, sketch pad or something like that. We have all that stuff on there. We also, um, are willing to do any custom work that anybody wants to send us as well. So, uh, get on there, giffordgaming.com. You can look it up, see what we've got. And then, uh, our, we've got a ways to contact us on there as well. So if you want anything, give us a contact. If you want any, uh, anything made, give us a contact. We're more than happy to do that. Yeah. And to that anyway. end, I also just want to say like, I, I have one of the notebooks that you guys made. And, uh, so shout out to your dad, ben. Papa Gifford, Papa yeah. Gifford, who is just, he is incredible at making this stuff and it's, it's really high quality. It's really good. I love the notebook that I have that I got from you guys. And so seriously, just to kind of add to that, it is, you, you're getting really high quality, great and stuff. Something that I think in something that dad really likes doing is he likes going to where our, our supplier of the leather stuff, he likes to get the, uh, the, not necessarily the damaged, but the, the, the the hides and stuff because it's all real leather and he likes to get the the, the hides that have um character to them uh. so if it's if like if that cattle if that steer or whatever had been branded then he likes to get that kind of stuff because that gives that gives, gives uh, him some character texture and character and stuff like that to the That's different cool. things so it's and those are the types of things I think that that really kind of set what we do apart from I mean you can get stuff all over the place but this is stuff that we we really like and we we've put a lot of work into a lot of passion into it so sweet anyway there's my plug for our stuff and that's what we've been Scotty and I've been doing does your dad even like like Dungeons and Dragons or is this just an excuse for him to work with work with someone a little from column A a little from column B (laughs) does your dad even like you oh definitely not (laughs) I mean he says so but I I get the real insight from mom (laughs) (laughs) dude dad said he hates you (laughs) what'd you do man now hon you have to like your children (laughs) so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off of something that we were talking about in the unused uh, episode as well and uh, it's a documentary that I watched fairly recently but it's been out for a while it came out in 2016 so probably over three years ago now I mean you know we're at the end of 2019 so close to four whatever um, it's a documentary have you guys ever seen a documentary called Tickled <laughs> so I haven't no. seen it but I have heard of it <laughs> you've seen the preview <laughs> um, well yeah because I saw I think I saw it on reddit Mm-hmm. And the, there was, they just said, just watch. Don't, don't ask any questions. Yeah. Just keep watching. And presented it, without context. Yeah, it, it's the guy that does the the vacations, right? The, the dark, 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 dark tourist. Dark on, tourist. on Netflix. If you've yeah. seen the Netflix show Dark Tourist, uh, his name is uh, David Ferrier. He's from New Zealand. Yeah. Um, so he's this Kiwi journalist. Um, and sorry, I'm saying Kiwi because it'll come up in a minute. But. Um, he uh, he's funny. He's he's a journalist, but he's but he's really funny. Um, 
And basically what he did is he was looking for his next stories, next thing to write on. And he discovered these, this, uh, these videos of endurance tickling. It was like this competition what? of endurance tickling. Dude, you don't, and, but it's only men. And it's only men. Like boys. Yes. Like, that. like young men, yes. I guess. Like. Where like four guys will take one guy, tie him down and hold him down and tickle him. And that's it. And it's endurance tickling. And so he messaged. They're not wearing much. The <laughs> the mess, uh, the company that was provided by all of it was a company called Jane O'Brien Media, I think. And so he sent an email to them saying, hey, I'd like to talk to you. I'd like to do an interview. And they and so David Ferrier is um, I think he's bisexual. So this is this next comment will will make sense. But they oh, emailed good, I back. Have a chance now. They I know. Right. <laughs> they they emailed back and they said uh, they said. Basically, we don't want a Kiwi homosexual or Kiwi um, or Kiwi, you know, <coughs> gay guy, basically um, uh, representing us or having any type of uh, any really? type of. Um, so they were being homophobic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just just this whole spiel. And that just only intrigued him even more. So he did this, 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 uh, this investigative investigative uh thing on them and then they started slapping him with lawsuits they got they got lawyers involved and started like trying to really uh what's it called um pressure him um anyway it gets crazy guys that's that because that's <laughs> it their kids it gets super have you seen rapey. it they're, that's their narrative have you seen it, Jake? their narrative is that they're manly macho Not guys yet. tickling each other they don't want they uh, don't want no gay person in they there they don't want to be associated right but yeah. it's obvious <laughs> like, <laughs> dude it gets it's, it's it pretty gets obvious creepy and super dark it's, guys they're I'm, like I'm blackmailing these people to keep doing it or they're gonna yeah. like oh they they ruined the footage or, yeah no they, they talked about this this guy he was uh he was an up-and-coming <laughs> football player he had sponsorships uh not sponsorships uh scholarships from college footballs um colleges and stuff uh -huh. college footballs college yeah. footballs they <laughs> Dude, suck it. So what, um, what episode of football was he on? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> he had scholarship offers from colleges to play football. And anyway, and this, uh, some videos of him started popping up online and he, he was under the impression they weren't going to be online or anything. They weren't going to be uploaded, but they did. And so he messaged them and said, Hey, can you please take these off? And they basically like said, not only did they say no, but they uploaded them in a thousand other places. And then like, it became this huge so problem. Like vindictive about mm -hmm. it. But it, because it had the, the homosexual aspect to it, like that whole, the stigma, um, members of his family disowned him. He couldn't land a spot on a football team. And it basically ruined his life. Like one of his coaches even said, you are the best player at this position but at your position, but I can't take you because of all of this over your head because of a damn tickling video an endurance tickling. It's nuts. The vindictiveness behind it, everything, this Jane O'Brien media is crazy. And it just, the farther it goes, you're like, Oh my goodness. And it, oh, it's, it is. If you want to watch, seen it, but I don't really want. To. <laughs> yeah, that, I can't wait to see it. I, if you, so if you want to watch a documentary that'll blow your mind, then watch that. Huh. Yeah, I remember. I remember being in college and seeing the trailer for it, and just being like, "What in the world?" Because it start the trailer starts out like, "Oh yeah, this is fun, weird, goofy thing that we're doing," and then like, at a point in the yeah. in the preview, it like in the trailer, it like, <laughs> "Boom!" Oh yeah, yeah. and then oh, it yeah. and then there it turns dark, yeah. and then it starts talking about how dark it gets, and it's like, "Oh." Oh, I'm feeling uncomfortable in the pit of my Hook, stomach right sinker. now. <laughs> but like, but like David Ferrier has a really good way of, of, of 
adding humor to it as well. Like he's talking about some serious stuff and, he, and then he just adds. So I have two questions for you, Troy. Yeah. Uh, one, who, who told you about this? And two, why did you push play? <laughs> uh, so How dare I'm you? Gonna, uh, and who do you think you are? <laughs> Those are my two questions. <laughs> um, so to answer your first question, it was uh, Jeremy from work uh, showed me the trailer. Oh, Jeremy from work. What's up? No. Jeremy from work. Duh. Of course, Jeremy's the one that showed you that. Whenever then, Troy's like, hey, guys, watch this video. Jeremy sent me. We're all, nope. <laughs> Not pressing play on that one. <laughs> and then NSFL. Uh, what caused me to life. what caused me to push play was the trailer. The trailer is really is really uh, crazy. Did you watch it alone? Were you like? Uh, no, I showed Mara the trailer, and she's like, "We have to watch this right now," <laughs> and we did, and it was it blew us away. I was you, tickled, uh, tickled a shade of shrimp to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, did you do like like last time Scotty and I came over when when we came over and cr- knocked on the door and Chris's kids entered the door and they said. <laughs> Mom and dad are up in their bedroom alone, and they said no one is allowed in there. <laughs> is that is that what happened, Troy? Yes. You watched yeah. the video and you said, "Okay, kids, get out. No one's allowed in here." That's exactly what happened. <laughs> and then we took a nap. We'll go with all that. the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's ninety percent of the time. That's usually what it is. Just oh, a, nap. I need a nice right now. I need a rest. I need some rest. <laughs> get out. No foreplay, just straight to nap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can like position the pillow. <laughs> can i fluff your pillow like this oh stop <laughs> all right scott have you been up to anything um, watch any rapey tickle videos recently or any any anything with clapping you know, alien cheeks in a video game leather or? that that smells like r- mahogany <laughs> no rich <laughs> none, none of those things none of those things um no i've been watching uh my the brother-in-law. office. Uh, the office. No, well, I actually didn't say that again, but that's beside the point. Um, that's just a given. Um, no, my brother-in-law Eric Busby, who does our intro music, or I mean, he didn't do oh, it. Oh yeah, for what's us. up? We Eric? stole it from him. Um, he did it for with, us with his permission. Yeah, with his permission. We didn't anyway, steal it. He uh, he's been doing a lot of live streaming on Facebook of playing video games, mostly like retro Mario <laughs> hacks that are like ridiculously hard. Is he playing Mario Maker? No, that that's his next thing. He, oh, really? he wants to buy a Switch. He doesn't have one. But um, no, he just does like hacks that you can get online. And they're like ridiculously hard things. There's one that was like a Bob Ross themed one. And there, there was another one that was like a bunch of different movies. So like Indiana Jones themed Mario worlds mm. that are really hard. Anyway, they're fun. He does it. He, he streams every night. So his name is Eric Busby on Facebook. Search him out. Pretty fun stuff. And he's a, he's, he's, entertaining. A, he's a very talented musician too. Yeah. Yeah. So he's pretty talented. All he, he's, ga- he's gaining uh, a weight. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> oh, he actually did gain a bit of weight. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. Well, when you play a video games six hours every night, man. <laughs> no, he, he's gaining a following, which is, is kind of cool to watch cool. him. Yeah, and and like you mentioned, he does our uh, the music that you hear that you've heard if if you've been listening to this beginning or whenever um, the music that you hear the intro and outro music that's mm-hmm. that's Eric Busby. So he's also uh, li- living in my uh, in a bedroom at my house right now. So is that where he streams from? Yep, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> he was streaming from his parents' house, but they sold their house and moved in with us. And so anyway, yeah, that's there you go. What's up, Eric? Love that Eric's guy. cool. Before we jump more into our episode, I want to take a minute to tell you that this episode of the Cold Bow Podcast is brought to you by the Moon and Back Boutique. 
The Moon and Back Boutique is not your typical boutique. They offer the same quality boutique clothing for up to half the price of their competition. You can find them on Facebook at The Moon and Back Boutique to see their great deals. I have been on their shop and have checked out some of their offers and deals and was blown away. I saw fun things like superhero belts for kids, shoes and outfits for the ladies, and fellas, I even saw some clothing options for men. So if you're looking for something fun to wear or maybe even some fun crafty things to do with your kids, or if you're looking for a great gift idea for your significant other, you need to check out the Moon and Back Boutique on Facebook. Cool. Right on. Well, thanks, guys. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about our, something we announced last week. We, we announced our, we launched our Patreon on, um, for the podcast. Um, right now it's just at cold bow podcast. I think at patreon.com slash backslash cold bow podcast. Uh, really easy to find. Um, you, we have different levels and stuff that you can, that you, if you want to donate monthly type thing um you can be you can be one of uh one of the bros and uh and different different levels of uh different things that you can you can suggest to us we'll we'll make a podcast episode yeah the patreon suggest we, 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 we'll have a community there where you can you can uh, suggest things communicate with us we'll there's little perks associated with uh donating you can always you can always suggest stuff and we'll take your suggestion with a grain of salt but <laughs> if you're a patreon or patron patron you're our patron. patron if you're a patron then uh you know but no seriously though uh i think the if you're in the the higher highest class one then you'll get a, a producer credit and so we'll producer credit we'll you give you a get, credit at the end of our you episodes get access to our episodes early a couple days early if you mm -hmm. want mm -hmm. um all that stuff so. yeah our highest tiered patron it will uh will give you access to uh our episodes early, um, a couple of days early, uh, depending on when we can and get those out. And, and, if you, uh, and if you want to convince us, we'll even give it to you uncut. And you know what? I'll just say this right now: if you're in our upper, our highest, do you want to hear us swear? Uncut. <laughs> you can even hear us say, <laughs> "Jake, don't say that. That's gross." <laughs> you guys, yeah. And uh, again, we're I think we've mentioned this before, but this isn't going into our pockets. Uh, we're trying to expand. We're trying to. Uh, hopefully set up YouTube, get better equipment, yeah. So, yeah. stuff that will help us grow. It's it's not going to buy me lunch or anything. Every cent of it is, go is going back into the podcast. Right, right. Also feeding us Buffalo Wild Wings when we, you know. <laughs> those are meetings. That's a tax write-off. The government's paying for that. <laughs> it's like those episodes of uh, It's Always Sunny when they go to Dave and Buster's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, we let's, should do that on a Wednesday. It's like all you can eat wings and tickets. Let's win. <laughs> let's talk bonuses. <laughs> here's this, here's this, here's You're not going to get a better steak in an arcade setting. <laughs> I'm just saying. You're not going to we should create our own cold bow currency. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna have a totally uh, self-contained uh, uh, market and currency that you can use within cold bow. It'll be brilliant. Uh, keep your eyes open. See, buy these tokens me. here. It's like the Jeremy Renner app. <laughs> uh, all right uh anyway uh sorry that went a little longer than i i was really ho expecting but yeah if you like what you hear if you like us uh and you want to you want to show you appreciation can in be a way, cold bro um <laughs> for anything, a small price i, I don't i don't want <laughs> i don't want anyone to break themselves <laughs> doing anything for us but uh but uh yeah We'd love to. We'd we'd love to cover some of our costs here. So, anyway, um, we have a very special episode. 
we at the end of this episode we might have rounded off our entire Mount Rushmore for the Cold Bow Podcast. Yeah, if you guys aren't dicks. If we aren't dicks. <laughs> we have Scott. That's a negative in Scott's uh, tip. <laughs> no, I said you're not. You're you're really uh you're really doing you have yourself a favors. You have here. a choice. We uh <laughs> is Scotty is going to present to us his pick for the Cold Bow Mount Rushmore. That last spot. Let's see if we can. Let's see if he can get his movie up on the mountain. Okay, I, been denied and yet, so. for my movie, I have chosen. Wait, pause and look at the title of the video or of the podcast episode. Oh, I thought you were gonna say pause for dramatic effect. No. <laughs> Holding is the movie Jaws from 1975, <laughs> which is an awesome movie. I, I, I've been so excited about this I conversation. Love. Senior Spill Perico. It's his first catapulting movie. It's not his first movie, but it's the one that catapulted. Yeah, was he was. First? I don't know. It wasn't he, his first, but it made him famous. Yeah, he, he was. He was kind of like one more before this. Yeah, yeah he, he like, was kind of unknown and, at this point. Yeah, exactly. Was it was it uh, Duel that he did before Jaws or after? I don't know. Anyway, Duel. It's the. It's anyway. We can. T- it's. Oh, sorry. It's um, Steven Spielberg. It's. It's. I guess relevant to the topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a uh, a man. Uh, who's in a car and I don't even know who's in it, but he basically gets in a duel with a semi truck driver. Like they just never like, heard of this. It's, it's a really suspenseful and I haven't seen it since I was a teenager. So I can't really tell you much else about it. I just know it was one of Steven Spielberg's first. I don't know if it was before or after jaws and I should probably look that it up. was probably after anyway. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, so this has been one of my favorite movies for a long time. And actually, I have something to confess that my I hadn't seen this until I met my wife, and it was one of her favorite movies. Mm. Shout and out really, to Trisha, So I didn't then. see it until I was an adult. That's actually interesting, because you could watch it, because I, I saw it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So you saw it with, like, analytical, yeah. like, school, like, film school. I didn't eyes. see it until yeah. later in life, either. Oh, really? it's, yeah. cause, it's because it, it was always labeled a horror, and I don't like horror. But yeah. the, the, the great thing about this movie is that it's a horror movie for people that don't like horror. Um, it's more suspenseful, I guess, but it's... Damn, he had a run. Yeah. He had... Before oh, Jaws... Oh, Duel was before. <laughs> Duel was TV before, movie. 71. But after Jaws... He made Jaws and... I know, I was looking at this. Right dude. after, he went Close Encounters of the Third Kind, 1941, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Twilight Zone, the movie, uh, Strokes of Genius, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, The Color Purple... Um, that is Empire a, of the Sun's a good movie. Empire of the Sun, a couple years after that, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I mean, yeah, if you, if if you guys didn't know, that is Spielberg a run of is a good director. Well, and it, it almost cuz he's been I, I would like to be uh There's a reason why he's a household name. Well, I was just wondering like if you're like an older person like our parents age to kind of watch him like become famous. Oh yeah. And then just go on the run that he did, like that's insane. Yeah. He he created nothing but like icons right from the start of his career. I think that I think that for our generation we could look at other directors that are popular right now that are on their current runs. Uh one that comes to mind is or two I guess would be the Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. Um kind of emerged um yep. and have um yeah a lot of I guess a lot of the I would say the Marvel directors um the the dude uh is it James Gunn? James Gunn? Yeah, mm-hmm. who did uh 
Guardians of the Galaxy, same kind of thing. And he's doing Suicide Squad now. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But but like James Gunn has been making movies for a while. Like sure. Spielberg and 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 that's another thing too is that they're adapting like properties that have already been made. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spielberg was like, I mean, he's adapting books. Yeah. But like he, I think, I think then Indiana in, Jones. in that case, then the, a, another big example for our generation would probably be Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Um, is a, a director that we, we would know from maybe his first films, or if you've gone back and seen his first films that we've seen him rise. And so and, and, Spielberg and, would be our parents generation of that. Like, yeah. Like someone that yeah. comes out swinging uh-huh. and, and, uh, and, hasn't really missed to like, be fair he's, he's our generations no <laughs> it's, yeah. it's funny that you say that he hasn't missed because it's like no, no, he's i didn't say he hasn't missed. no he I, did oh <laughs> well, well I, I and i said that with with a tone of voice yeah suggesting yeah, yeah. That he no and, and i'm not disagreeing with you i think that he he anything that he puts out is going to be noticed and it's not that he hasn't made stinkers i mean i think he made ai which was yeah. which wasn't very good. It was a um, Kubrick ad- adaptation. Yeah, Ready Player One was also questionable from a lot of people, even though I really liked it. Um, I think a lot of people there. Uh, surprisingly enough, the movie Hook, which he did, mm-hmm. um, it's, his was, lowest, it's his lowest. It's his lowest rated, rated movie. Panned, but I mean, it's a cl- it's a cult class. Yeah, I, I mean, <coughs> especially now that Robin Williams is is no longer with us. Um, and then uh, I think there's War one, of the but, Worlds. Um, so I he, love War of the Worlds. He, the, but, that's, but that's the thing. Even his bad movies. Mm-hmm. people still it's not like a director will make a bad movie and then it might sink him and he, him or her and they might not nobody will care anymore uh, case in point M. Night Shyamalan mm-hmm. he had he went on a run and then he started stinking but it up but he also went on could. a run of bad movies exactly that's what I'm saying but we're, we're, we're talking about Steven Spielberg's bad movies but it's almost like it doesn't matter because of the the good run that he went on well and his <clears throat> his bad movies have only been recently and I feel like he's at he's at this point where he can like uh, I don't know, he can do his passion projects. Like he did uh, War Tin, Horse, Tintin, or War yeah. Horse. Well, I think and, Ready Player One was a passion project for him too. And like th- those were those were good movies, but they weren't like they didn't light the world on fire like he usually does. Yeah, but he's not like broken up about it. Like he's not. He can go home and cry on his bed of money. Like it's not like he. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But I love his. I love his passion. I loved War Horse. I thought War Horse was awesome. It, it definitely was not his best, but I loved it. And Tintin was one of my favorites that year that came out. Again, not his best work, but I I thought it was great. He, another thing he does a lot um, kind of recently is he, he's a producer on a lot of movies. Oh, yeah. He's a... Uh, he has a, he's, he has influence throughout the entire industry. Didn't didn't he produce Transformers too? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the one that comes to mind is Super Eight. That is, is mm. very it, it it feels very Spielbergian, right? Because yeah, exactly. Yeah, good point. Anyway, let's get back to Jaws. Yeah, Jaws. <laughs> so Jaws, like there's a, there's a million reasons why I picked Jaws. I, I I really feel like considering everything that in the movie, it's it's a near hard to say this, but near perfect movie. It, it, for, at least for our for our sensibilities, I, I just th- there's so many things going for it, and we can get into it. There's lots of talking points. Um, but Let's see, it, uh, it starts off with nudity. Yeah, it does. has a lot of violence and blood. Um, well, yeah, children dying. Yeah, children it, dying. Like people crying. Violence. Screaming. It's got it's got the uh, the the zoom the dolly the zoom. dolly zoom that Probably we talked one, about last week. One of very character heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a perfect movie. It, there we go. It's on the Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. But, but the, so so 
some of the talking points like that there's lots of like lore behind the, the about like behind the scenes all, all this stuff that went into making the movie that's really fun to talk about that um I just want to hear if you guys have heard anything that you want to talk oh, about. Oh, dude, I love the idea that they didn't have a script when they started it. Like, they, it, it's based on a book, mm-hmm. so they had a loose story that they were going to use, but they didn't have a script when they when I didn't know when that. they first started working on it. Yeah, no, we were just watching a movie or watching the the behind the scenes thing, and Richard Dreyfus Dreyfus was talking about. He's like, we started, we didn't have a script, we didn't have a shark, we didn't have anything, nothing worked. It, we were just kind of winging it <laughs> at first and ended up making one of the most iconic movies of all time. Yeah, and to that point, I, I was looking up stuff. It cost, I mean, 1975, but it costs like $7 million to make. Wow. Yeah, yeah. and like, and, and, and shark was like 250000 like And there was of three of them. Three oh, yeah. of them. And so it was like... Well, that's like a million dollars right there. Exactly. On sharks. That's like, a, what, a sixth of their budget? That's crazy. It's nuts. And, and like, Your math is right on point, by the way. The other thing that I was rounding <laughs> up, don't be... <laughs> <laughs> You're not <laughs> me all the time. <laughs> Dude, we, we, I say something wrong in math, and Troy's like, "Actually, <laughs> I took some accounting classes." Pemdis, pemdis, dick. <laughs> Listen. Anyway, I think it's weird that if you if you ask or listen to like any director, because I I talk to them all the time, um, but filming on water. Like water movies, oh, yeah. they're hard as hell. Yeah, like it, you it, lose a camera, you lose. I mean, and they did. Yeah, and they, you, ne- they you never get you never get insured for your movie yeah. ever again, and that can kill a director. That, and that was one like, of his first movies, and he's like out in water, handheld, because they had to like the the boat was rocking. There was yeah. no point of having like a, a tripod, right? So it was one of his first movies ever. It was such a huge gamble. A movie majority of the movies in the water. And like they they lost a reel, it fell into the water, and they're like, "Great, it's gone." Yeah, and, and they sent a diver down to get it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you develop film and saline, so it's fine." It was like it was like already edited when they got it up. It was done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So so, so uh, to go one of the things um, that I that I noticed because because uh, it's kind of a well known thing that the the animatronic shark. Um, was really finicky. Never and worked. It yeah. never worked, and and it uh, so they they didn't have a lot of good footage to use for any of the scenes with the shark in it. Um, and so they had so the editing. They had, I, I read this thing about how the editing was was so hard and so well done that they 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 had to use people's reactions a lot more. They had to use more suspense, not showing the shark, and so it made the movie. It, it kind of rose the movie. Oh yeah, uh, in, in a way that. So because they didn't use it, more. also rose raised the the genre. Yeah, one thing by 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 forcing that the by forcing the the tension by not showing the monster, it it really. I mean that that's a classic way of doing mm-hmm. horror, but what it did, but it pushed the genre forward. I think a lot by doing that because because in in the 70s or whatever that there was a lot of monsters that were monster going movies, on yeah. monster movies that were going on that were that were showing the monsters and it was really they relied heavily on jump scares more so than actual good storytelling actually making the the yeah. the the monster scary i i agree with that and actually one thing i want to point out to that is I think that because they had issues with the animatronics and they couldn't show the shark as much or Bruce. Um, I think the other aspect of that is that they also used 
or maybe we're forced to use more of the perspective shots, which the shark's perspective, which then in turn made the shark a character. And I'm, and I'm not sure if like, it, I mean, obviously monsters are characters, but you saw, you saw his perspective and it, it made it more, you could create some suspense off that. When you see the shark's perspective looking up, um, at the, at the shoreline and, um, yeah, not shoreline, um, but whatever the, the surface, boat. the surface, mm-hmm. and you see someone kicking their legs, and you see the sh- what the shark is seeing. You know, what, like it just builds that tension. And it, like I said before, it really created Bruce as a character of the uh, of the movie, rather than just this ominous threat that was going to get you at any moment. Like it, he was, he's a character. And um, there also wasn't a ton of jump scares. No, which I thought the, the, the there one was some. Ju- the one jump scare didn't even have the shark, and it was awesome. Yeah. Oh, the head. The yeah. head coming out of the hole in the boat. Yeah. There, yeah. I mean, there's a couple where he like the, yeah pops he's up. like he's yeah. like throwing the stuff in the water and then he just kind of hey, pops up. Like I don't know if you guys have said this yet, but like the shark didn't work obviously. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm back yeah. from peeing. Hi. Um, <laughs> but the first time, like you, you can get a good look at the shark a little bit, but the first time you see him out of the water is when he gets Shaw. That that was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like oh, the, at the best back, part at of the, the back of, at the back of the boat. Yeah, like yeah. the very first, like the first time you get a good look at him is when he oh, jumps up Quint? onto the boat. Oh yeah. What, did I, oh Shaw's like Sha- the actor. Shaw's name. the actor's name. <laughs> I that dude that before I ever even saw the movie, I saw that scene. Yeah, terrified me. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I was a kid. Scared me to death. I I'm just watched you. it with Kylie, and she like couldn't even look at it. Yeah, yeah. The, oh. the buckets of blood they use in this movie oh, for the man. shark attacks. Yeah, dude, the, the little kid. The when you see the splashes, and then just like you're seeing splash. I watched this with Chris yesterday, and uh, <laughs> the the splashes when the little kid gets uh, eaten. What's the kid's name? Alex Nitson or something. Alex Alex Kinson. Kin- yeah, Kinson, something like that. Anyway, Alex Kinson, your fingers. <laughs> when he, they're nearly pruned um he uh when that kid gets attacked and there's all the splashes and then the just it's like someone just chucked a bucket of blood into the to the jet that's shooting I know. Under, yeah. whoosh, and chris's <laughs> little kid was chris's son was in the room with us and he goes oh because <laughs> i was like are you gonna watch jaws with us and chris is like dude this kid watched the meg all the way through with us and i was like i was like are you ready for this and then he looked at it and he goes yeah look oh he's gonna eat the kid isn't he and then and then he saw the blood and all he went Oh, oh. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> yeah, I had to go turn it on in another room so my see, son wouldn't see it. And to that point as well, I, I want to go uh, from that and point out something else that y- that you were talking about is that like a lot of times we've mentioned this before. A lot of times your audience is going to make up things that in their own mind that is that is much scarier than what you can show on screen, mm-hmm. right? The idea with seeing the blood and not actually seeing the shark eat the little boy was is much more terrifying in your own mind than if the camera had gone down and I'd you actually when, seen it. When, and, that's, uh, and that could be why it was more disturbing for, it was Ollie, more disturbing for Ollie uh-huh. than actually seeing Meg well, and like, jump out and The first thing that it eats is like an attractive head. woman. Right. The next thing it eats is a kid. Right. You're like, well, no one's safe. Right. And you, yeah. know, you know what's funny too? Are is, women and our children aren't safe? <laughs> you know what's funny too is uh, when, when Spielberg was, was casting the movie, they got like Charlton Heston. They're like, yeah, like he's interested. And Spielberg's like, you know what? No, because nobody will think that the shark has a chance against like a hero. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. So like like if, if the shark, if Jaws is going up against Charlton Heston in the 70s, everyone knows that the hero will, will save the day. Yeah. So That's interesting. They're like, we got to get somebody who's... Along those lines, um, 
And I actually agree with him a lot because he said that w- when he read the book, because it's based off a book, um, he said by the end of the book, he was rooting for the shark because oh, everyone, yeah. uh, every character was so unlikable, which I completely agree with. Like the, the wife, um, Chief Brody's wife was cheating on him and he ignored in the her. Yeah. And, oh, and, and, and they was, didn't do that in the movie. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was all, there was all sorts of like human <laughs> drama like that. But even, and, but, but I, I could tell knowing that watching it again. Um, you could tell he worked so hard making every single character not necessarily likable but understandable. Like you might not Relatable. like yeah. you, you might not like the the um, the mayor, but you understand where he's coming from, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But he is such an unlikable person. He is such an unlikable. I was, character. I was but, even but they're thinking, all deep. They all have so yeah. many layers. Yeah. I was. I love how that movie came out so long ago, and it set up so many like a uh, like a stereotype mm-hmm. in a movie. Yeah. Like that mayor is the mayor in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, just straight up <laughs> got ripped off that, that character. Um, or even like the weirdo. You hunter. mean Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is derivative? Uh, no, oh. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> never seen it by the way you never seen it no it's don't have movie. kids we should put don't it on our podcast no for Coldo, to Mount mm. Rushmore. are we gonna have a mount rushmore <laughs> uh, dethrone <laughs> 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 um so something else that chris and i actually talked about while we were watching the movie is that because to to, to label this movie as horror is really really unfortunate because horror has a uh, stigma mm-hmm. around it that it's not a good movie, but it's it's a way for a guy to get a girl to to snuggle up to him in a theater, right? It's a it's a it's not necessarily a good movie, but this movie is like a masterclass in filmmaking, in in character development, in camera work, in uh, directing and acting. It is it is such a fantastic movie for that stuff. And there was there's different scenes in it, and it's these throwaway scenes that. <coughs> build character development mm-hmm. that really tie you to the characters. Um, I know it makes it, it makes the big moments very earned. Oh, and yeah. And things that um, make like Amity, the city or the Island mm-hmm. make it a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that you feel bad and, and making Amity a character, it helps you to understand the, the mayor more mm-hmm. because you understand the Amity is a summer town. It is a town that relies on tourism only during the summer. It's this town. It's I mean, it's a made-up town, but it's clear out in the Hamptons, right? On Long Island, Trouble way, up. way out there. Filmed on Martha's Vineyard, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Yep, yep, yep. Out, uh, out by Boston. But it, it, it it's it's this make-believe town out, out way out in the in Long Island that its only way of, of making any money is during the summer. I mean, it's got a little bit of fishing going on there, but that's not going to support and, and any, the whole town. Any "quote unquote" islander is what they call themselves. Any mm-hmm. islander you meet in the in the movie has a business that relies on, Exa- on tourism. Like exactly, they, they own a hotel or a restaurant or whatever. The only one that doesn't is Chief Brody. Yep, Chief Brody has a job that doesn't rely on on uh, tourism. Tourism, and so he's the only one who can take a a uh, uh, non-biased look at what is actually going on there. And so 
But understanding Amity as as a character helps you understand why the mayor makes the decisions that he does. Yep. And it's it's stuff like that that really sets Spielberg apart, I think. Mm-hmm. I was his... going to say, too, like uh, the, the scene that Jake's talking about, like I've seen this movie a hundred times, but when I watch it with a more critical hat on, critical lens or whatever... I was watching just some of my favorite moments were before the shark even shows up. Well, he shows up in the beginning. Yeah. But Chief Brody walking through the neighborhood and listening to the side conversations about, oh, we got to order more supplies because we're going to have all these people coming in soon. Just people on the phones, right? P- people, then, people complaining about the nine-year-old yeah. kids doing karate. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. it's like that really nails just how sleepy this town is. Yep. These, these ninth graders are karate chopping fences. And, 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 and then he while like, he's walking trying to get signs, there's, there's an old shop owner going... There, there were. This is the fence that they, they yeah. they're talking about. What they mentioned exactly. That, that's the biggest things they have to deal with in this town is yep. like crazy ninth ninth graders. Yep. And as they're walking through the, they, he comes out of the the town, the thing, uh, out of the shop, and he starts walking through through the the streets. And the mayor comes up to sees him yeah. and just comes up to him and starts talking to him. Uh, or no, he's taken off. The mayor is talking to his deputy. his deputy, and he's talking to him. Not deputy, sorry, police officer. Deputy is a sheriff. Whatever, but whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, he's ta- the mayor is talking to this guy, and they're like walking right through the middle of the high school band practicing for the Fourth mm-hmm. of July parade mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That really like creates this atmosphere of the town. Um, the the scene where you see the 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 sign outside Amity that shows the lady sunbathing or whatever, or swimming yeah. out she, on her surfboard. She's surfing, yeah. And that you see it once. And then the next time you see it is after the shark attacks and someone's got, uh, someone's painted a shark, uh, dorsal fin on there. Which, was, which was an awesome scene. It was all one it was yeah. all one but it's this, it's this, uh, it creates this atmosphere and it, and, and it really builds to the town being a character that I thought was really fantastic. Yep. And the oneers. speaking of the oneers, that one was really cool. But the one that was that is my favorite is the one on the on the uh, that, like, ferry dock boat. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the ferry that the goes across yeah. where every that it, it starts as this really wide shot and everyone on the boat is in the shot and then slowly but surely more people leave the conversation and they get closer and closer to the camera and it is only the. Uh, staging of the actors Mm -hmm. that changes the shot from a wide shot to a Mm close-up and but also the ferry is moving so the background is constantly moving and it's interesting but it's not distracting yeah it is Hmm. seriously the car drives on to the ferry they get out of the car and someone pointed this out to i think it was a youtube video but if you watch the actors they're looking at the ground because they have x's on the floor you stand there you stand there so they get out, they go to their mark, they stand there, and then they smile, like you know. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, the, it's but crazy. It's, it's really cool. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I love I, the conversation too. Like you say, yeah. barracuda. No one bats an eye. Yeah. You say shark. And we I was like, oh, panic dude. on the fourth of July. He's, it's, he's so slimy. It's oh, interesting going going back to that point when you say it's uh <laughs> it's a shark and and people go crazy. Is this movie? Um, how do I say this? Like when I talked to my parents about this movie and when you talk to people that were alive when it came out, this movie made people terrified. Dude, to this go movie swimming. has done the movie in the book has done so many yeah. 
like it's the very first blockbuster yeah. at one point it was the biggest movie of all time like right. our, our avatar it, it was the first movie to, to pass 100 million yeah that's insane uh, this was the first movie that made people so afraid of something they killed it in droves yes they, and that, that was when it was yeah. uh, it's it's one of those things that like we, we so talked about jaws being jaws being nearly nearly perfect and it's like if if one of the only negative things you can say about a movie that's obviously fiction is that it caused people to be afraid of sharks and even regrettably i guess to kill sharks um and everything is is that and it demonized sharks i was just looking up just some things that just to just about it and it was just like i was like what's what's wrong with jaws what's wrong with the movie and the the first thing i i pulled up was uh was an article about about how because of jaws sharks are demonized and and people are murdering sharks and and i was thinking, and i'm like if your movie creates that type of impact into people i'd say you made a pretty damn good movie oh yeah i was gonna say like that it's not a negative though like right. that's like like the person that killed a president was like jody foster told me to do it but no one blamed jody foster right like you, know, <laughs> like you, you can't like like i get it like i get why people thought that way but like i i, I can't say that's the movie's fault necessarily no like it, it didn't also and, and discovery channel owes so much to the movie Jaws. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Half of their income in the year comes from, from Shark, Shark Week, Week, which is in owes its entire existence to oh, the yeah. movie Jaws. Well, you, can, you can't mention sharks in a TV show, movie, anything without something without some type of Jaws or like reference. a Donna. Yeah. Right yeah, I was about to say the music itself has without become... e- either that music referencing the name Bruce or uh, or anything Hello. something yeah. names Bruce yep uh, even Finding Nemo yep. uh, also the, Baby Shark starts off with the dundun it's true <laughs> uh, there's there's I mean you we we started off the conversation about Jaws talking you were talking about uh, mythical backstory stuff and how the music for Jaws was placeholder music yeah, yeah no well, I was, it started out it started out as placeholder music I, I and John Williams was like I don't like it. I don't well, like no, it. Spielberg, he he he, uh, he presented it to Spielberg, and Spielberg was like, That's no, funny. No, no, but for reals, what's the real yeah, thing? Right. And so he didn't like it, and and it turns out to be the most iconic. You, there's all kinds, and I know we've had this conversation about, about songs and, and scores and everything, but one single, two, there, two, two notes, notes, two notes can can bring up an entire movie in in my mind mm-hmm. and uh-huh. just from two notes dude uh, did you talk about um launching someone's career it's launched uh, spielberg's career but john williams as well absolutely unreal dude, uh, my wife pointed this out too but like the, the music's obviously really good jake and i watched it and we were like like our was adrenaline was pumping it was when they were chasing the shark oh the first time they put the barrel in the yeah. shark oh they put my the first barrel the music's playing because he's it's, tying it and stuff. it was it was horror music and yeah. we were like oh, oh my gosh and and then as soon as as the second the 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 it sticks in the shark and it goes off it turns into this chase scene and it becomes like hero epic music. hero music and, and uh yeah because beautiful because jaws has a theme and the three men have a theme and theirs is like heroic and like right. whenever they've got the upper hand on the shark because the whole the whole last half of the movie is the hunt of the shark mm-hmm. and I couldn't tell you the first half or the second half which is better but that's not the point <laughs> yeah, no. but the, <laughs> the music in it in that ending, the ending of the movie is so good like it gets your heart pumping it's like 40 years old now and I'm still like oh my gosh I wonder what's going I, I know what's going to happen <laughs> but it just it gets you so invested mm-hmm. um, but at the very end uh, Kylie pointed this out is that they're playing Jaws theme 
and the hero theme at the exact same time and like it just melds perfectly huh, like when they're when they're chasing each other and they have like their, their final stare down they're playing the music both of those at the same time it sounds amazing and i was like yeah i didn't notice because i was like super invested in who's Too gonna win terrified <laughs> who's, gonna, who's gonna win this this face off yeah it's awesome but the music is this is so good so i think a lot of the movie and i kind of mentioned a little bit earlier is I mean, obviously, there, there's so many things going for the movie, but one thing that stuck out to me at, in this watch through is the editing and the uh, post production stuff. Like the the way that they f- had to focus on people's reactions to things. Not only well, the the first one is uh, the not oh uh, what <laughs> the, uh, uh, the after the first shark attack with the girl and the he's on the beach. It, it's his it's his the, the other officer's reaction to the girl. When he falls over oh, and he's like, yeah. he's just dead face. Like, and I he's love crying. That's a panning shot and they yeah. show them walking and then it pans to him to like him. right in the front. And, and he just fall, he like falls to his knees and he's just like his eyes. Look like, he's seen a, seen a ghost. Like that reaction says everything. Mm-hmm. But but the, the one that really, and that, that's kind of a famous one. Like everyone kind of knows about that one. But the one that really struck me was um, when alex's mom the the, mm-hmm. the boy that dies his mom when she comes and slaps him like a uh, little fun tidbit about that as an aside is that apparently that actress didn't know how to fake a slap and so there's like 15 takes where she was actually slapping him hard he said uh oh, the, poor roy scheider yeah yeah he he, he he had mentioned he said afterwards that that was the most painful shoot he's ever been been on and like one of one of them like his glasses flew off but um but what i'm getting to is uh it's um <coughs> Uh, Richard Dreyfuss's character, his, his he's like after the slap, like it cuts to him and his reaction to it, yeah. and he and he like kind of flinches, he flinches back, and that makes it so much more like visceral, yeah. Because, yeah. because then then you're feeling what he's feeling, yeah. You're put you're put right in there, and yeah. you you mentioned glasses, and that just like the use of of ticks to make a character as well, mm-hmm. like like. Um, Richard Dreyfus. Uh, every time he has to put his glasses on, he has those glasses that yeah. hook around the back of his ear. Yep, and he he has those glasses because he does a lot of work uh, on this on the ocean. He's getting jostled, and he doesn't want to lose his glasses, yep. right? But because of that, he has to hook his glasses around his ears every time he takes them off and puts them back on. He has to, and it's this weird tick, and it's not necessarily like a tick like a, a a mental and emotional tick by the character it's just a tick that the that the character has to do and it really sells the character and it's this weird thing that i 100% do not will, will never believe that it wasn't intended well well Using I, I, it those was intended specific types of glasses what happened at being sea. neurotic but what yeah. happened at sea when Bro- brody's glasses fell off at sea and so right. I, I think it's showing that that he's inexperienced at sea and his glasses fell off because he doesn't have the hooks around his ears yeah dude it the the character building in this movie and and it was uh the, it's the now famous scene because of uh What's his name? Lens flare director. J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams. His uh, his TED talk uh, about the mystery box. He talks about his favorite scene in Jaws is when uh, Brody is waiting for uh, for Hooper 
to come to his house to eat Go dinner. Back. And uh, Brody's looking at his kid, and the kid's just copying everything oh, that, he does. That is the most human. I love that scene and, so much. And, he, and then he says, give me a ki- come here, give me a kiss. The kid says, why? He says, because I need it. Uh, that is the biggest character building scene. And again, sorry to interrupt, but... That what makes that scene for me is again the reaction of the wife, the mo- the, the wife watching it, mm-hmm. and it was also right after he got slapped for Alex Kinter yep. getting eaten, right? So it's that there's that scene that builds the character there. There's um the scene one and then the 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 most iconic character building scene in the movie is them singing songs and telling mm-hmm. stories and comparing scars oh in the in the belly of the ship waiting for the shark to sh- come back and the, the i mean they're singing song they're finally they're finally hooper and and quint who have been at each other's throats all movie long and i heard they really didn't get along too like dreyfus and shaw oh, they, they couldn't didn't. stand each other and shaw was always drunk and yep. so the, these guys who don't get along all movie they finally have a scene where they start getting along dry. Uh, uh, Hooper. Uh, well, uh, Quint tells the story about the USS Indianapolis, which is a true story by the way, and absolutely insane. Um, but he tells the story about the USS Indianapolis and then Hooper, you see Hooper suddenly oh, yeah. realize he's like, you were on the Indianapolis. He's like, you were on the Indianapolis. And he looks and at then, him with like awe and, and respect. And he realizes like, Oh, you're a madman that hunts sharks for a reason. You, you, you went through this crazy thing. And instead of being afraid of the water, you went into the water and decided to hunt what, what hunted you. I love how Brody had like no idea too. like, he, yeah. he's the one that had to get he's the story the, told. To he's him. the, uh, he's avatar f- for the, for the, for us, he's a fish out of water the entire movie. The entire movie, <laughs> puns intended. Mm-hmm. Um, but that scene, and then they start, they start laughing and joking, and once they start singing the the drinking song, mm-hmm. that's when Brody sits down with them and starts singing with them, and they all become equals. And they all become equals, and it's this it's this scene that slowly progresses from from the power being with Quint. To suddenly Quint and and then and then Hooper and Quint start comparing scars, and then so then Quint and Hooper are now equals, and the power being with those two, and then by the end, uh, Brody starts singing with them, and they're all and it's this mutual respect between, and it's this character building scene yep. that is a long scene. It to is. be honest, it's like 10, 15 it's minutes. It's really it feels out of place too, but I wouldn't. Like it was, I wouldn't cut it, but um, it, it, it makes feels so out of place that it's like, whoa, well, like pay attention to this. And, right. and uh, I have lots of notes about how these big moments like this one are earned by the small moments at the beginning of the movie and, oh, and, and yeah. how they build up to it. Like, like if they didn't like nail that, that um, Quint and Hooper hated like, each other, hate each other. There's so Chris just said, said it before we started recording that, that there was moments that he didn't realize before that. Oh, no, I think it was Jake. Anyway, yeah. that that uh, there was things, like so many little things that you don't notice. Just little jabs they were get, getting at you. Exactly. And things like like when when Hooper does the, he makes the faces at him as he walks in, and then he gets mm-hmm. up on the bridge and starts steering the boat. He's just and he's muttering. Like, and, and, and he's like, I, Captain. I, Captain. And he's like, I can't take this anymore. And he's like, just. He like a snaggle too. And then Quinn yeah. continues to antagonize him by hitting the, the top uh, of the, the thing and telling him, go this way, go that way. Hooper, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, 
it's it's those character building that that pays off in the in the mm-hmm. singing in the drunk scene and and then makes the Quint death scene so much more powerful. Dude, Quint his his, his slow decline into madness oh yeah he's, like it's crazy that he's because he starts because the first sign of sabotage is obviously when he takes the bat and hits the radio yeah. mm-hmm. but but at that about that point is where he just starts going downhill and sabotages the whole thing and and they think that's when he's starting to convince himself that this is going to be his last and wrong. that's that's like he's he, killing he obviously becomes captain ahab mm-hmm. right then yep and the other two are like we, we gave this guy ten thousand dollars we're like we are screwed now like it's either, like that kind of makes it like because they, they could have given up. It, it was almost like their their own hubris, like their own pride is what kept them out there. Exactly. Because uh, they could have just left and left and hunted him another day. But this crazy Ahab guy sabotage. He's like, nope, this is this. It's we're going to die or he's going to die. Yep. And he dies. And, uh, and I think he, I think Quint <coughs> planned on dying. There's some point in the in the journey where he, he something switched and he. Decided that that I think it was I think it was that scene the the drunken singing scene where he he had to dig up the the Indian USS Indianapolis stuff Uh, but uh, but that's 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 digging into to to the story and the script and and other things but it's just fantastic we're not here to talk about that (laughs) it's just this fantastic uh, story and then it's funny. Yeah, well. that, uh, there's some with that, great uh, funny moments. I, I want I want everyone to to say their their favorite one liner from the movie because there's a lot of one liners. Chief, put out the fire. Oh yeah, I love <laughs> when that. The, when the when the when because it's right after that when the shark starts hitting the boat and uh-huh. it and the, and Brody's trying to call in on the radio and he's like mayday 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 the boat blah 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 and then the the thing um the Lantern, like a lantern lantern falls. falls down and lights it oh, on yeah, fire oh, yeah. and and quint sees it and he's he's getting his gun put yep, together yep. and he's meanwhile not even phased <laughs> and meanwhile he's he's the the chief and he goes chief and he turns around he says put out the fire and chief turns around and looks at it and he <laughs> he's like got this like giant yeah. eyes and he is but it quint's not even worried couldn't give two cares in the world about mm-hmm. it that was one of my favorite. This is a uh, low hanging fruit, but obviously we're going to need, need a bigger boat. Yeah. Which You're was ad lib. Bigger boat, which was ad lib. Yeah. Mr. Stark. I don't feel so good. Mm-hmm. Type ad lib. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, I mean, obviously, like I said, low hanging fruit. It's, it's what, it's what has stuck around and it, it's iconic. Yeah. It's iconic, but it does make you chuckle for too. a reason. Yeah. I love how he like, he backs up into the cabin, but he like, he walks backwards. Mm-hmm. Like he's not even I, looking. I love how he just like shoots straight up. Yeah. His, he's just straight up and he just has these wide eyes and he just like backs up. And That's really good acting. We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> so he, my favorite one is um, when Quinn says, here's to swimming with bow-legged women. Here's to swimming <laughs> with bow-legged women. Um, the, the part that I like a lot when I, w- I was watching this with Jake and I we said like this is a master class in filmmaking and the scene is when uh, the girl has the the girl has died. He knows it. He's sitting on the beach. This is the the dolly zoom oh, scene. Yeah. Um, but there, the, the positioning of cameras and like focus, and it, it's so amazing, it's so amazing that a person comes into um, what's the, what's the sheriff's name? I forget. This Roy Scheider's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brody. 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 Into Brody's face, and they talk to him, and he's in the camera. 
but then they show his uh, perspective and he's looking over his shoulder. Yeah. He's looking. At well, I think that's composite. I, I paused at that moment. The guy's face takes up literally half the screen. I, and I, I couldn't imagine in the theater seeing that. But also the lady that's 50 yards away is in focus. Yeah. So it's, it has to be compositing. Lenses can't do that. But like they didn't turn down his volume. Like he was speaking yeah, normally. Yeah. I don't know what he said. And be, You're and, right. And I have no idea what he said. He's like in his face is talking. They didn't turn on the volume, but my attention was where his attention yep. was. And it was like, it was like, how did they just like, he tricked me into doing that, just ignoring this person. And then another guy comes up to him and he's not paying attention to him. He's like, that's a bad hat, Harry. <laughs> bad hat, some, Harry. some bad hat, Harry. <laughs> I, I love that too. The guy like, with the saggy boobs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he has like a, I don't even know, it's like a swimming cap, but it's on or wrong. It's well, like it's because the, it's because Harry, the guy comes up and kind of insults him and he's like that's some bad hat Harry yeah and um, I, I really really like that whole scene the whole yeah. scene's amazing it's great and, and actually to, to bring up the whole um, conversations that are actually the volume is loud but you don't hear anything that's saying yeah is at the very beginning when uh, Chief Brody's in the house with his family and and uh, the son comes in with a cut on his arm and his wife's talking to the son and he's on the phone at the same time there's two loud conversations happening at the same time and you kind of get gist of both of them yeah. but you don't hear anything in either of them it's so it's, it, it's crazy Spielberg the, he, he doesn't do that much anymore but he did it in like E.T. just like a like he did a really good job of showing like a loud family like, yeah, like yeah. a normal family yep um yeah, I don't know, dude. I uh, so if you get, if we're gonna crazy. say best one liner, I know that I said put out the fire chief. That was might funniest. be my funniest line, but I think the best, my favorite one liner in the whole movie is his speech about the shark size. Oh yeah, when he's like, yeah, it's like it's a doll size, it's black eyes, it's dark eyes, it's like a doll size. One thing that actor does really well, I don't it's know if dead it's until it until its eye until it bites and then its eyes roll back in its head and it like it just it's just so the the, the use of repetition of words that he does he does it often throughout the movie that mm-hmm. it, it really emphasizes things he does it really well. I don't know if it's if it's the actor that did it or if it was in the script, but it's cool. Something I noticed. Cool. Hmm. We've talked a lot. Yeah. About this. There's movie. a. There's. Um, there's plenty more to talk. And there's about. more to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like the, like what, the humorous. The humorous. That's not uh, what I was going to say. <laughs> the humorous. Uh, that's a tiger shark. Oh uh, what? <laughs> that's so out of place and weird. <laughs> but that, okay, so that brings up another point, um, and it seems like it happens more in like older movies, and there's some that are, but that. All the actors, the, at least the main ones, I, I guess everyone except for like the teenager at the beginning, were all super unattractive. I know. Like there was no, like, like his wife was probably the most attractive person. Yeah, in the movie. I, I even thought that too, and I, I liked I, it. I love like I Jake was, and I. Jake and I have, have talked about this before, where so the, w- it's when, more when, real. When, yeah. when people use real people, it, or when filmmakers use real people in their in their projects, it, I love it. it. It's something that. I, it stands out for me. All the fishermen, every fisherman in the entire movie felt. I th- I Quint's feel like helper guy that like just, just the whole thing. Like I love that Quint's guy. helper guy that didn't come out on the boat with him for whatever reason. Yeah. So he wanted but, that ten grand for himself. <laughs> but all the the all the fishermen on Amity felt like real fishermen. Like they had just like they went to Martha's Vineyard and said, "All right, everybody who's a fisherman, come out here, and we're going to film you." And these people just looked. And felt like they they were the real Fisher. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. It was fantastic. The thing I was going to say when you asked me and my mic fell. Uh, <laughs> one thing that um, this film, I, I love to look at the films 
and see how they impacted um, filmmaking for the future, uh-huh. right? And I think like for the three uh, Mount Rushmore films that are on there right now, I would say uh, for each of us individually, we have our reasons why we why we liked them. But I know for me, I felt like uh, Inception changed the way that people made films or changed the people, the way people approached filmmaking and storytelling. Um, I would say the same thing. Chris made the same point with, um, Mad Max, Mad, Mad Max. Max is that with Mad Max, um, it, uh, it changed the way that people, uh, did action, right. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or like it right. just, it changed that. And I'd say that, that Jaws is, is very much, uh, no exception to that, that it, a landmark moment. Exactly. A landmark. Like a a landmark moment. I mean, we already, we already talked about that. Um, as far in terms of like, um, it made, it was a, it was a huge blockbuster. It made the first film to make over a hundred million. And back then that was huge. And then, but at the same time, like you have all of these elements of character development, character development. You have the music, you have the shark being the Bruce being the character. You have the intensity, you have the, uh, the, um, even the horror aspects, you have everything that just, uh, like you said, creates a landmark, but it really just changes the way that people, I mean, even just look at horror, the horror genres, like horror genres were changed at this well, point. Well, forward what's interesting to go yeah, along exactly with this, like, uh, Michael it, Myers, that kind of does like the shark things, like show his perspective. Mm-hmm. That's from Jaws. So, um, and when they, when the when they uh pitched alien to the to whatever producers or whatever made mm-hmm. it they 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 pitched it as jaws in space and and if you if you know chris said that sh- you know shooting film is in in water is hard i mean shooting in space is it's ridiculous. and no one can hear you scream up there <laughs> <laughs> so i'm sorry that was a low hanging fruit for jokes but you know you know me it's no okay. and and that's that's what i mean we're not great at making jokes yeah. so all we have is low hanging that's true um that's that's what that's really ultimately what um sets this film apart for me is this how much it it changed changed the genre changed filmmaking uh launched like we mentioned before launched steven spielberg and john williams two huge landmarks in film i mean john williams did star wars he did superman he did indiana jones um steven spielberg also did indiana jones and has done et and all of these crazy great historical amazing films and i want to say it all started with jaws yeah that's kind of my point with that also it changed the marketing for movies Uh, sure yeah before before this, they didn't release movies in the summer. Summer blockbuster didn't exist before Jaws. That's interesting. Um, and th- that's where this that the whole the idea of a summer blockbuster started. Um, people were lining up around a block, which is why it's called a blockbuster to to see Jaws. Um, and the pe- the, like the producers and people that were part of it said that this <coughs> it, it, for the 19, 1975 equivalent of going viral. The the, the Jaws went oh, yeah. viral. Oh yeah, and. Um, really interesting and back then too uh movies weren't in theaters for just a few months and then on on video like like movies were in theaters for like uh psycho for instance Mm -hmm. uh uh, was in theaters for like years yeah well like vhs whatever was made like in the 80s so if you wanted to watch a movie you got you went you had to see the theater and then that's why star wars made so much money right it was was on theater it was on tv (laughs) the only other way to see it was when it when it made its rounds on television so so bringing up television this is one of the um the first movies that advertised on television. That oh, really? It, oh, got, really? it got it for like two weeks before it came out. They started putting trailers on. Interesting. TV. Do, do they 
did they not advertise movies before that? Like, how do they, they had just trailers change, change that they, how they did? They had trailers that, that they would put that they in front of other movies. Yeah, like regular. But tra- they didn't have. They didn't have on TV. That's on TV. crazy, and, dude. Yeah. It's wild. And I'm and, and I'm, we're so used to it this yeah. way. But this movie changed that. That's wild. Man. I know, right? That's cool. I, I, and I'm I'm making Scott's argument here for him as far as as far as why we should vote for it to be on on Mount Rushmore. But like you take almost everything that we have in film today that we either take for granted or that we enjoy whatever that makes a good film and you can kind of tie it back to it's seven degrees of separation right back to jaws right it really does and that's yeah but is that like because it started the trend does that make it like the best i don't know i don't think it started the trend i mean we talk about alfred hitchcock being the master of suspense alfred hitchcock i mean is was uh, a huge player in um Sorry, I was turning down the wrong levels. <laughs> um, Alfred Hitchcock was is the master of suspense. I think a lot of the the things that we have now, you can also trace back to him and the things that he did. He was a pioneer, I should say. He yeah. was he was a trailblazer in that in that regard. And I know Chris, you don't have much respect for him, but well, you're wrong. He, he invented hold the on, dolly hold zoom. Hold on, what? I, I respect him. I'm just saying, like you don't he's like a master, he's a master of suspense. I go back and watch it, and I'm like, yeah, this is not suspense yeah, at all. Yeah. But, but it's it's it happens like it's. it's Things move on. Things become right. crazier, and I think that uh, Jaws didn't necessarily take anything new. I mean, except for a few things like the TV promotions and and things like that. But I think it just made it better. Like mm-hmm. it, it just did it, it to an extent that people didn't understand, didn't know, didn't know what to expect, mm-hmm. and therefore, I mean, well, it t- it took a monster, uh, quote unquote, horror movie, and made really deep characters. Every character is fleshed out. Even the shop owner that complains about the nine year olds doing karate, everything seems to be so fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Every character, and so it's it's taking a really deep, good filmmaking storytelling approach to an old type of uh, monster type of movie. Right. And so it's, it's this really cool contrast between like a, a sleepy town that calm seas and then hyper violence. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it, it kind of throws you through a loop that way. And yeah. it, it seems very us too to put like, Oh, it's a summer blockbuster to put it on our best movies of all time. Mountain Rushmore, mm-hmm. but, uh, but like summer blockbuster then, which is a term they created. It didn't mean the movie was dumb back then like kind of like it does now yeah it doesn't mean transformers yeah i was like i was like when did that change when did like a summer blockbuster become like oh it's a dumb popcorn flick like like probably jaws (laughs) 2 i was gonna make that point that still looks fake i was i was gonna make points about how it's unfortunate that the jaws sequels are so sequels much like the jurassic park sequels also spielberg uh, much like the rocky and rambo sequels they, they 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 focus on the monster not the people yeah too bad. Yep. All right. So shall we move on? Should we should we vote? Scott, I wanna I kinda wanna hear your uh your last pitch because like when I said Kylie we're recording tonight, she's like, What's your homework? And I said, Oh, we have to watch Jaws. Scott was making us watch Jaws. He's saying it's his favorite movie of all time. And she was like, Really? I wouldn't have ever guessed that. Like Scott's never talked about it. He's never had a wedding themed on Jaws. So <laughs> never. <laughs> so as opposed to his other weddings. As opposed to his other weddings. <laughs> so like, uh, I don't know if it's not necessarily a secret you keep, but how? Why Jaws? Like, what? What is it about it that? So so the whole, um, it is true. I had a wedding themed around Jurassic Park. Um, and it's Heard. kind of been a thing in the podcast. If you've been listening since. 
that since the beginning or since the middle, whatever, that uh, Jaws is the, the I love Jaws or sorry Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Um, but that was kind of pushed on me and I kind of just went for it. I love Jurassic Park. pushing a thousand dollars your way. I know. I love Jurassic Park. I love a thousand dollars. I love Jurassic Park and I loved it uh, before I loved Jaws, but I feel like Jaws... you are going to say before I loved Trisha. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> but um, uh, Jurassic Park has been in my life way longer than my life. <laughs> <laughs> but um so so Jurassic Park I loved it and and it it's it's been a big part of my life but um the roots of Jurassic Park are in Jaws. Mm -hmm. Jaws is where it started and I and I feel like that's kind of the nexus of of well it obviously is the nexus of of Spielberg's career and his, and 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 the and the rest of his movies but um it's just because, and I think honestly, it helped. Like you're saying, that I watched it late in life with a more anal analytical mind. Yeah. That, like, if I watched it when I was 14, 12, 10, whatever, I would have just been scared out of my mind, and it just would have been another movie that that scared me or whatever. But anyway, um, it's just it's it's a movie. I, I said at the beginning, it's a near perfect movie that I I just love. I love the little humanizing moments that make those big moments so earned like like when uh when quint gets eaten by the shark if 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 all those little things didn't happen that led up to it and i could we, i could probably go back and find a dozen of them that led up to that moment making it so much more intense and visceral if those didn't happen it would just be like the Meg or whatever, where someone gets eat, eaten by a shark. It's gratuitous violence. He has blood spurting out of his mouth. Okay. But, but because all of those moments happen, it is so much more than just hyper violent. Mm -hmm. Um, and just the way it, the, the way it's, it pulls you in like that. I, it, that movie, it, it's hard not to compare every other movie to Jaws. And that, and that's kind of what it came, came down to. It's interesting. Do you think that it still did it better than the other movies? Like, you said Jurassic Park has its roots in Jaws, so mm -hmm. so Jaws did it better than Jurassic Park. I, I, I know I know it's not really fair. That's just what I kind of want. You know what? I, I it might have um, it, like the the humanistic moments in Jurassic Park are with Grant and the children, like mm -hmm. the, him him hating children, but then having to sit to to save them and, and sit in the tree and, and tell jokes about dinosaurs with kids and mm -hmm. cuddle up with them. That that's kind of akin to a lot of these moments where Brody's in the in eating dinner with his son and having this humanizing moment. Yeah. Jaws um, is kind of a smaller, more intimate film. It I is. It, that, like what's the, like I have this written down is um it's very small stakes. Like what's the worst thing that could happen? People it eats a, it eats a kid. It happened. Like it's it's very small stakes. It's uh, it's big stakes for for a town to go under and and, and these type of things. But it's it's Ain't very no a human movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's interesting because when when we were talking about what topic we were, we were going to, what movie we were going to watch for this topic. I mean, we all. I'm pretty sure we all expected Jurassic Park, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I said and, it jokingly. I well, I mean, it's <laughs> the same reason why I think you guys expected me to put in Superman for mine. Um, but at the same time, like it was funny. I was excited to watch Jurassic Park and and kind of really jump in and dissect it. And then when you said Jaws, I was actually surprised because I had no idea it was it was that high up on there for you. And uh, it was I was excited to was excited to watch yeah. it and dissect it. So yeah, and, and again, the whole Jurassic Park being my like my, like 
I'm always talking about Jurassic Park. It's kind of lumped into that same thing because I, I, I kind of meld them a little bit together. Sure. That the, they're very yeah. similar movies. Um, they're both Spielberg. They're like, both Spielberg monster movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all, we always like I always bring it up like. I'm always like joking. We're like, all right, let's just watch Jurassic Park. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and, that, and that's kind of gotten forced on, like pushed on me th- throughout the the life of the podcast. And I kind of just went with it because it's fun to have characters on the podcast. But um, <laughs> um so it's all jo- fake. Jo- Jaws is actually really the root of my love of Jurassic Park. There you go. All right. Well, shall we vote? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I'll go first. I went. I went last last time. I want to go last again. I don't like Scott sweat. Uh, Scott, you're in the hot seat now. You get to see why we're always. Um, so watching this movie again, analytical eyes, noticing things that I didn't necessarily notice before. And I, the first time I saw this movie was in the '90s, and I loved it. So it was still like 20 years after it came out. Now we're watching it, what, 40, 40 years after? Over 40. 50? It was it was 40 years old in 2015. Yeah. Wow. So almost Jeez. almost 50 almost years ago. Years yeah, old. exactly. We're watching it 45 years later. Jeez. Um, and just still feeling all the things that, like, the composer and, like, the director wanted you to feel. It's really... I, I said it. I, we said it a couple times. It's, it's a master class in filmmaking, and it's amazing what Spielberg has done from there, going on up. And it's it's style choices too. Like uh, the the music is fantastic, and we've all said that. Um, but then when when Quint dies, there's no music playing at all. Like there, there's no jump scare. I mean, there's kind of a jump scare. He jumps out of the boat and onto the ship. Um, there's no like high string violin. Um, and all you hear is like crunch, crunch, and blood. Oh, when, when, when it when it gra- finally yeah. gets his legs, yeah. and you hear it, Ooh. and you just like hear him screaming, and, and you're just like, "Wow, that is hard to watch." But that, that's what he wanted. He wanted you to like kind of look away. It's the scariest part of the movie, and there's no music. That's a interesting style choice that really just works. Um, so it almost feels like a, like a. a timeless movie it doesn't feel dated it doesn't feel like this was made in the 70s i mean other than the mayor's awesome suits yeah and ties. Like their, their clothes <laughs> their clothes and their hair and stuff that that makes it a little feel dated um but it's it's just a movie that can you can watch 100 years from now and it still will hold up really really well and like like scott said you can see roots of anything you love horror action blockbusters it, it stems from this movie um and I, I don't like saying that just because it's the first to do it, it's the best. But I think in this case, it might be true. Like, I definitely like this movie more than Jurassic Park. And we, we brought it up. It's the same director. Um, I don't know why. I just think that this movie is is made better. It had a smaller budget. And this, this feels more through their limitations. That's how they were able to make something so, almost on accident. Things had so to be magical. more deliberate, too. Yeah. Right? Like not not like they wanted to show the shark, but they couldn't. So it was like, oh, this masterpiece was made on accident. But it was like, well, let's just not show the shark. So I don't know. I'm rambling now, but uh, yes, definitely. I I feel like this. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say it deserves a spot on there, but now that it's being brought up and presented as like, how how can you say no to to Jaws um, being on any any list? It's it's such a damn good movie. Yeah. I, uh, I'll go next. I, uh, I, it's funny cause 
when uh, when I was sitting in that seat and uh, talking about Inception, I was sweating bullets. I don't think you have to worry about anything. <laughs> um, no, it's all the caffeine running through my body. That's yeah, the jitters, not the. But still, it, it, anyway, plot twist. Troy says no. What? <laughs> um, M Night Shyamalan. Uh-huh. Um, timeless was the word that came to my mind, and you used that, Chris. Um, it, like we mentioned, it's almost fifty years old. The film. Um, and we're still going back to it. It's, uh, there's it, it, filmmaking and storytelling in general is timeless if done right. You know what I mean? And the great filmmakers are going to take the things that worked and they're going to take the things that have been changed that work better and they're going to make great films. But the, the, and that's what Spielberg did with jaws is he took things that were, he took elements, suspense, things that, um, people used before Hitchcock, other things and made something made something great and timeless as Chris mentioned. And then 50 years from now, 50 years from then we're still talking about it. There are things that you can do better. Absolutely. Um, does that make it like it's still a perfect film near perfect film from when it came out? So, I mean, I feel like I'm rambling now, like honestly, as my mic falls on me, um, my, obviously my vote is yes. Um, yeah. Anyway, I know, huh? I'm going to fix my mic while you guys go. Okay. <laughs> so Jaws, like Chris said, uh, he doesn't know why he said, he said he likes it better than Jurassic Park and he doesn't know why. Um, I, I do know why. And it's like I said earlier, it's a, it's a, it's better a, than I know myself. I don't know why Chris, I know why I do. <laughs> I like it better. And I, I said it earlier, it's a more intimate film. It's a it's a smaller, more intimate film that you care more about the the characters. Um it it also is it shows that talent will out. Talent will win out. Mm-hmm. Um you have a small budget, you have limited resources, you have uh a shark that doesn't work. You have all this different stuff. If you have a good script and you have a good director and you have actors that are halfway decent, you've got, you're going to, you've got a winner of a movie. The movie is brilliant. And, and with the small budget, with equipment that didn't work with, uh, ambitious director, but has talent showed us what, what you can do. Um, Jaws is not Steven Spielberg's best movie. I don't even know if Jaws is in his top three. It's not his favorite movie, Spielberg. Right. Yeah. He's- I don't I don't even know if it's in his top three of movies that he's made. I, I think it's definitely in his top five. Um but of all of them, it's my favorite. And so uh yes. Jaws is going up on our on our Mount Rushmore, and of all four movies that are now up on Mount Rushmore, I think Jaws is the most safe. <laughs> I don't. I I think I think that um, Inception and Mad Max and Walter Mitty will be dethroned before Jaws gets dethroned. I don't disagree with that. Actually, I, any- I was I was thinking about that. You know, you have Mount Rushmore. You have Washington takes takes uh, front and center, 
and I, that's really, that's Roy that's, Scheider now. That's well, no, I Roy like Scheider. That's, actually, I think it's Bruce. That's Bruce. It's Bruce. <laughs> that's Bruce. Troy, I, I demand that you Photoshop a uh, Mount Rushmore of our movies now. <laughs> I demand that you go to hell. <laughs> I will after you do the Mount Rushmore. Do you, you realize you just commissioned like 50 hours of his time? <laughs> it, it'll just be really easy. Just well, shade it. Does that does place. that mean that? Uh, that Tom Hardy's going to be on our Mount Rushmore twice. <laughs> Love Eames. No, I, I was going to use. I was going to use the top. That's it. You're going to have a shark. You're going to have Bruce, and then just a top for just, a second. Oh, a no. top. <laughs> my totem. Um, well, I feel like I cheated now picking like, dude. That's but, the point. Is to to pick your the the uh, honestly like like uh. When, when you guys kind of assigned me for this episode that I had to choose a movie, it came down to three different movies, and I honestly just chose the one that I wanted to watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but after I watched it, it like all these things started coming back to me, and it's like, yeah, that... I must have subconsciously just like this I'm, is the best movie. I'm serious. All four, all four of the movies that are up there now, which, to recap... Uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty was the first one to go up. Second one was Mad Max Fury Road. Third was Inception and now Jaws. Of all four movies that went up, as I was watching them, I had that feeling like this is a special movie. This movie is special. I agree. But but not one of them I had that feeling quite like I had when we were when I was watching Jaws. When I was watching Jaws, that was that was that's and that's why I say I don't I don't think that that movie's being taken down ever we'll see and by the way for our listeners the way a movie gets taken down now is now anytime one of us wants to get another one of our movies up on mount rushmore we we present the movie and then we challenge one of the existing mount rushmore movies on there and then it has to be a unanimous vote to replace the existing movie with the new challenger. And to be, so, to be clear, all of our votes have had, had to be unanimous. Yeah. Well. The only way to get it, get a, a movie onto Mount Rushmore has been unanimous vote. Uh, but we all knew that getting movies up was going to be a lot easier than dethroning one. Yeah. That's so, where it gets interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, dethroning I'm, a movie. The I'm first kind of nervous to submit the, a movie the, to dethrone. <laughs> the, the first, got, uh, the first challenger I've is going to be fun. Is but I, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, like who? You, your movie is super safe because who? The, who's going to challenge Jaws? No one. You're like, oh, I'm going to. I watched I a honestly, really good indie movie. Let's challenge Jaws with this. I honestly know that mine, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, is going to be the first one to be dethroned. <laughs> and then, what does that mean? Do we have to watch both of them like back to back? Like, we'll have to figure out the rules. That may have uh, to be a requirement. That. Yeah, I Watching think it would have both? to be. You're like, oh, I didn't watch the other and one. Then but I, this one. And then I have to agree to dethrone my own movie. Yeah. Yep. So, so, so yeah. Then it's playing like apples to apples or cards against humanities. You have to. You have to play to the person. No, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. The strategy in this game is going to be quite, uh, quite interesting. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I think it's going like, to. Awesome. I think I have the perfect movie to, to dethrone Jake's. <laughs> but um, uh, that's for future Return of the King. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. After time, uh, it's no, just going to be the three Lord of the Ring movies and Jaws. <laughs> I, I wonder uh, which of the Giffords is going to commandeer our Mount Rushmore. That was uh, that was actually gonna be my when I said yes to Jaws I was gonna say come on guys 
Goonies stay together. It's the difference. <laughs> <laughs> the Giver Boys, <laughs> of course, Jaws. Is no, I think Lord of the Rings we can agree is the Statue of Li- Statue of Liberty, and so we can just leave that out of this. Video. Okay. Three Statue of Liberties, but well, no, <laughs> it's a Statue of Liberty. Well, with three one heads. one is the crown, one is the is the torch. the torch, and the other one's the book. I thought the one was never mind. Anyway, Yay. Um, you're gonna say a lady part? <laughs> no, I wasn't. You don't know lady me. liberty parts. <laughs> you don't know me. Go to hell. <laughs> toga, 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 toga. Oh, this is gone off the rails. Um, anyway, thank you all for listening. We really, really appreciate you listening. Uh, for anybody who has donated to our Patreon. I cannot tell you how much it means to me that someone would actually take money that they hard earned money and then give it to me because I decided to talk into a microphone (laughs) and be an, make an ass out of myself. It's seriously, it's, it's mind boggling. Um, so thank you so much. If you've donated to the, to the, um, Patreon, if you're now one of our bros, that is seriously something that's amazing. Also, thank you to our sponsors. It, it our sponsor. It is amazing. Also, that that also blows me away that 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 that, that happens. Uh, that someone, some uh, a company decided to do that. So please uh, support our sponsor if you if you enjoy what we're doing. Please support our sponsor. That really really. Uh, I think would go a long way in showing um, our appreciation for them as well. Absolutely. And uh, as always, the link is in our descript- episode description. So if mm-hmm. you want to know how to get in contact with them, check it out. Check it out. Great stuff on there. Um, as well, all, as always, leave us a, a, a comment. If you want to see something, if you want to hear something on the podcast, leave us a remark in our, in our social media, anywhere in social media on, on Patreon. There's a way for you to let us know there as well. Um, all episode requests must be submitted through social media or through actually Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. 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 So that's the most direct route to us. Right. So thank you all. We love you all. Thank you very much. Um, is there anything else, guys? No, I'm good. Huh? Thank okay. you for listening. I appreciate if it. If there's nothing else, then we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.